Welcome to Match of the Year podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. And today we've got a match that I absolutely adore. And there are a bunch of reasons for that. But it's also the first that we're doing that only won the Tokyo Sport Award. It didn't win the Observer or the Pro Wrestling Illustrated or any of the other ones. That's a shame because this was one of those truly amazing matches. And I believe it got beaten out by the... I want to say it got beaten out by the... The six-man from Ring of Honor. Uh, the Dragon's Gate six-man that was on the Ring of Honor show. I think that was it. And that's... Marufuji versus Kenta over the GHC title in Pro Wrestling Noah. Now... To really understand where professional wrestling is going, you have to kind of understand the progression of size. And big guys have always had an advantage. In Mexico, you know, we tend to think nowadays of luchadors as small guys, but traditionally it's the heavyweights that have been the main stars. Think of Mil Mascaras or Dos Caras or for El Kinec, any of those guys are heavyweights. And when you flip it around and you look at the places where the smaller guys were bigger stars, we tend to think of Japan, but guys like Mitsuharu Misawa, Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi especially, they weren't lightweights either. We get this idea that Tiger Mask and Dynamite Kid and Liger... And all those guys were the big stars, but it's not. They're sort of always secondary. When Liger was at his peak, he was still behind uh, Masahiro Chono, Muda, especially Hashimoto, and all the All Japan guys. So it's always been a big man's sport. And here, these are two guys who are cruiserweights, who are junior heavyweights at best. But at this point, Noah was in a very interesting position. Misawa had started to push himself away, had started to back off as being the star. Not entirely, and he still drew pretty well, but... Kobashi, massively injury-plagued. And they, Akiyama hadn't done super well when he had the belt, but he had done okay. And, of course, he had that amazing match with Kobashi in, nine, in 2004, I think. That was just, it was a match of the year all over the place, and it deserved to be. Now, here, these are two guys who have been tag team partners, who had feuded off and on over the junior heavyweight title, and now they're going for the main title. And apparently they didn't draw very well against one another, which is a shame. But this match is phenomenal. And it is the best demonstration of everything that was right and wrong with pro wrestling Noah. And to extension, all Japan in the 90s. And even today in places like PWG and so forth that try to work this style. It is an incredibly high impact style. And what they were doing was they were using 
heavyweight championship match psychology and flow and impact doing a light heavyweight moveset. And that may seem strange, but if you think about it like this, how many times have we seen John Cena take a falcon arrow off the mat to the floor? Now, if we had, it'd be a great thing. Uh, it would sort of prove his thing. But he, and he takes some good bumps, but not nearly to the level that is expected of the cruiserweights. And that's what we're start, starting to see here, is cruiserweights are bringing that style to the main event. But main event style meant something very specific in NOAA and in All Japan. And even to a degree in New Japan. It meant lots of head dropping. It meant huge suplexes. It didn't necessarily mean huge spots, but it kind of did. If you think of Misawa versus Kobashi in 2003, and the famous spot where Kobashi takes the tiger suplex off the ramp to the outside, that is sort of the pinnacle and the expectation of a main event match. It has to be huge hits, huge bumps. But it doesn't necessarily have to be flying bumps, if that makes any sense. I think it does. So here, that, that amazing Kenta spot where we see Marufuchi trying to get the sliced bread on the apron, but after some back and forth, it turns into Kenta giving him the falcon arrow off of the apron to the floor. It's an amazing spot. It's just fantastic. But it's also a good illustration of why these guys' careers have been so injury-plagued. Now, there is some absolutely phenomenal stuff going on here as far as, in the early portions, the guys working from submission to submission, escapes some mirror spotting, not as much as, say, in a main event of a lucha show, uh, particularly when you had guys like uh, Dos Caras or El Kinec, who did, they did, they usually opened with a neat little, or a trios match, of course, a neat little mirror spot set, but they did a little bit of it. And the guys were pretty darn crisp. And while they did miss one spot, they, they sort of proved something that I've always believed about when you miss a spot. If you miss a spot, and here it was, uh, Marafuji coming off the top uh, and it looked like Kenta was supposed to catch him over his shoulders and then give him the go to sleep. Didn't quite happen like that. He sort of collapsed. But the way they played it made it seem legitimate and added an element of realism to it. And if you watch Cena versus CM Punk, probably the best U.S. match in the past, I'd go 15 years. Maybe even going back all the way to Austin versus Hart. But if you look at that entire spectrum, they missed a couple of spots. But what they did was they played it off in a way that made it seem like this is part of the struggle. And that works so beautifully here. The audience was so invested 
in the reality of this match that it just completely played. Now, I'm a huge Kenta Mark. I'm just going to say it. He is a phenomenal worker who understands how to play both an audience and a match. And sometimes it's very different. And that's sort of one of the things that I think is the difference between a heavyweight big show main event and just any other match. Any other match can be a story. And there has to be elements of story in a big main event. But main event has to have the match as the focus. Not necessarily playing to the crowd, even though there has to be some of that, but the laser focus on winning. And that's, of course, Vader's whole thing about the Ricochet versus Osprey match, is that it didn't feel like it was about winning and losing. Where I disagree is that I find that match to be completely about winning and losing in the same way that this match is. They're just using different dialects to tell the story. This is an amazing match, and it's probably the best non-Kobashi Noah match. And I really think that we're going to see, sadly, the end of Kenta's career very soon. He's been so injured so seriously for the past two years that it's unlikely he'll it's unlikely he'll ever get a main event push other than maybe a couple of matches here and there. He'll probably be a part-timer, and he'll probably go back to Japan full-time. Back to living in Japan full-time. Not necessarily working in Japan full-time. Marfuji's had a great career. I would almost argue a Hall of Fame career. It's... While he did not draw like many of his contemporaries... He had a phenomenal career and was an amazing worker over a really long time. I didn't realize he had won the Super J Cup twice, which is huge, even though one of them was kind of a small small little one-night thing. But he's a giant, really, as far as work goes. Kenta could have been there. Kenta could have been the biggest star in the world if he had stayed healthy. I really think he would have done in NXT what Samoa Joe and Nakamura have, and to a lesser degree, Kevin Owens, that he could have been a massive, massive star. But it happens. So we're coming up on the end of the year. We're going to have the award nomination, the award show coming up. I'll be talking about my matches of the year. Spoilers. PWG, New Japan, and WWE all figure in highly. So thanks for listening.